I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, July 11, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have stuff to discuss today like we always do. There's always something to take away from the market. Are we in the midst of a continued melt-up? It would appear as we are. The market still remains in an uptrend. We're above all the moving averages. I recognize it sounds like a broken record, But we have to repeat whatever is on the chart in front of us every single day so it stays fresh and is always a current perspective. We have a couple of numbers on the screen. Let's review them one more time. 300.75 to 301. That doesn't have to be the end of the road, but that's where I believe the market is edging its way up to. Maybe it happens tomorrow. Maybe it happens into early next week. But anything beyond that, we're going to have to alter those numbers. But that would be the immediate target on the upside where I would expect the market to not necessarily be able to just waltz right through or whistle past 301, if you will. Let's discuss a couple of other things from a psychological perspective. Remember, inside the mind, especially mine, is a very dangerous place to be. But let's talk about the psychological number of S&P 3000. 3000. Again, let's just get familiar with where all the markets that actually are the same, but they have different numbers. Let's get familiar with where they all are. The SPY at 299.31 on close today. The SPX, which is the S&P cash index, 2999.91. That's not an accident, nor is it a coincidence, but look what happened right out of the chute early this morning. We made a high of 3,002.33, then backed off, made another attempt, backed off, and then closed right underneath 3,000. No accidents, no coincidences. It's no wonder they closed pretty much on 3,000. It's a big, fat, round psychological number. Why do I keep harping on it? Why do I keep bringing it up? It's not necessarily a resistance level where we would find overhead resistance with a lot of sellers waiting to hit the market. It's a psychological level. The market is trying to maintain over 3,000. The market is trying to get there, close there, and then keep going. The futures have already been there, the SPY is getting there, and the SPX closed pretty much on the number today. You see what's going on. Let's just look at it from a common sense perspective. Forget about the patterns on the charts, forget about the candlesticks on the charts. Forget about the type of candlesticks on the charts. Just think in terms of the psychological number of 3,000. They all have to coincide together. The futures are going to be a little higher. The S&P cash index, known as the SPX, the one on the screen now, that's around 3,000 right now. And the SPY is still slightly below 3,000 or below 300 Why is that? Remember a couple of weeks ago, they paid a dividend, therefore the price gets knocked down a little bit and has to work its way back to catch up to the other indices, the S&P E-mini futures contract 
and the SPX cash index. I just wanted to lay that out there so that everybody has a clear understanding of where the markets are, but also why there's a difference in some of the markets we look at. We look at the futures market, we look at the cash index, we look at the SPY, they're always different. I want everybody to understand why. We're back to the SPY, but on an hourly chart. Here's another thing that I want everybody to understand. Over the last couple of days, inside the numbers members and last night, we began talking about a range that the market is likely in right now and will either break over the top side or down below on the south side and go and fill some of those gaps below that we've been discussing. What did the market do this afternoon? It just came back down toward the lower portion of the range that was established early yesterday. It's still pretty simple. Below the lower portion of the range, especially closing hourly and certainly daily below the lower portion of the range, and likely the rally is stalled out at least for the time being, and we have some downside or south side to contend with. Until and unless that happens, what's going on here? What's going on here is a move higher, a bull flag pattern setting up for another continuation move higher. Let's take a look at the chart from just a different perspective once again. We'll use a 120-minute chart for this instance. What I want to point out is what happened the other day. Down here, we came down toward the lower end of this range here, never got exactly to the lower portion of the range, turned around and went the other way. We said that likely is bullish behavior at the time. Why? Because they were never able to get down to the lower end of the range, turned around and went the other way. It's easy to say after the fact, but we do have shorter term charts that give us these indications as it's happening in real time. So now what do we have? We have another range. And what we did today was the same thing we did the other day. We came down to the lower portion of the range, not exactly getting all the way to the low end of the range. Again, the market turns around. It's bullish behavior. We're working our way higher. The market is working its way higher. It is until it's not. Now there's something else that I want everybody to understand as well. It's a little bit off the beaten track, but I think it's important for our psyche. Everybody can do this. I want to make a point by showing you an email received today from Ron, as you can see. Now Ron's taken the course. Ron works hard. Ron treats this as a business, as we should. Now, I have to blur out certain things because Ron's giving away secrets in the email that he corresponded to me with. Now, we'll get the gist of what's going on. Ron took the equivalent of the SPY trade. He used a different vehicle. He used a triple leveraged ETF. That's trader's choice. Everybody has the choice of what products or instruments they want to trade with. He had four reasons to take the trade. The first was obviously right out of the course, and I had to blur out the reason why. Next was a pseudo-doji candle. We've talked about pseudo-doji candles in here many, many times. But he happens to cite that it was a specific kind of pseudo-doji candle right out of the course. I had to blur that one out. Third, came into a blank point, which happened to be a gap fill. We talk about gap fills in here all the time. And lastly, there was even a 50-period moving average right at the same level. So he actually had and cited five reasons to take the trade, worked out beautifully. This is what Ron learned in the course. 
Let me show you something further. Same email. You can see up here, I obviously say fantastic. I love getting these emails of the successes that you all have. And by the way, I get these all the time. I love them. Here's the follow-up that Ron said he wishes we had five reasons to take every trade. Of course we do, but we don't. But we don't need five reasons. We need two or three. But here's what's important. Ron goes back to the course all the time. He watches it over and over and still says he picks up stuff all the time that he missed. And then he says some other stuff that we can't get into here. It's the big secret stuff. We know that. But here's the last important point. I'm reiterating to Ron that he's treating it as a business and is in the minority. Unfortunately, there's not enough of us that treat it as a business. If you treat this business as a business, you can and will succeed. You have to follow the rules. You have to have the desire and the discipline to succeed. And if you put that formula together, it's there for the taking. It starts with understanding the foundation of how the market works. All right, we're done with that. Back to the SPY chart. Let's wrap up the daily chart. What's the downside possibilities? What happens if we wake up and the market is selling hard? What happens if we wake up to a gap down? Where is she going? Well, speaking of gaps, you can see right here there is a gap. That gap happens to be at 297.19. That would be the first stop on the way down in my estimation. Now keep in mind, we're above all the moving averages. The market's in an uptrend. We're up almost every day, and even the days we're down, we're not down that much. So guess what? This is a bull market, believe it or not, like it or not. Doesn't matter what it should be. It matters what it is. The other side of that is we're seeing these constant gaps in the market. Here's a 15-minute chart. Here's a gap up and a sell-off, a gap up and a sell-off. Is that institutional distribution? And here's what I'll say. When you go back to the daily chart, you have to take notice of the volume. Again, we have very light volume, significantly less than the average 90-day volume, which is about 72 million shares. Today, 50 million shares volume. So guess what? To me, that's not big-time institutional distribution. I don't see a lot of heavy hands selling into these gap-ups in the morning. I think the market's grinding higher. That's what she's telling us. Until and unless we see the signs and signal of a reversal, the market has higher price tags in store. Let's check out what's going on in Camp IWM. So look what happened today. They came down, spiked into the what seems to be a convergence, almost a convergence of moving averages, the 100 period and the 20 period moving average, and bounced off of those moving averages and closed yet again above all the moving averages. So we have no choice but to continue to look at this as a bull flag pattern. We can draw it out every night and we will draw it out every night until and unless one of two things happens. A continuation move takes place or a failure and a breakdown takes place. One of those two things will take place. We just want to be here to identify them as close to real time as we can. Taking a different viewpoint, is this really any different than the discussion we just had about a trading range? No, it's not. We have a funky candle up here. It is a reversal candle, but the market is still fighting to go higher. We still have an up move first, then we have the bull flag pattern. We will have a continuation or a failure. One of those two things will happen. This is the one. 
This is the one I really wanted to discuss today, the transportation department. So check this out. Last night, we discussed the fact that there were several reasons why, in fact, we discussed it for the last two days. There were several reasons why, and these reasons are found right in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, several reasons why the transports were more likely to find the low and rally up than they were to break down. Under normal garden variety market conditions, using the 80-20 rule, the information right out of the course, this was a picture-perfect chart setup, just about as good as the one that Ron depicted before. But you have to know what you're looking at, you have to know what you're looking for, and then you have to be able to pull the trigger. What is it that gives you the confidence to pull the trigger? It's seeing it work over and over and over again. After a certain amount of time, you just say, this is ridiculous, I'm going to take the trade. Out of just about everything that we follow, the transports were leading the charge today on the upside. You can find this stuff on stocks, intraday charts, daily charts, weekly charts, hourly charts, five-minute charts, doesn't make any difference. How about the cues? Should we be overly concerned that the cues were down 17 cents? No, same routine. Look where it is on the chart. It's getting extended but yet we're grinding higher. So a market can stay overbought, and you know I hate that term, or extended for a whole lot longer than people actually think that it can stay that way. Same routine that we discussed on the spider chart. There's a gap down here. If we found ourselves waking up to a big gap down Friday morning, that or slightly below that is a pretty good target for where the market might be headed. Other than that, there's no change in the cues period, full stop. There seemed to be some interest in Bitcoin. Not a ton, but there was some interest. We'll just cover the chart real quick, only because it's pretty much at the price that we discussed. It's at around 11200 We said yesterday around 11100 give or take, there should be support. Now, if we begin trading below here and closing daily below this price level, below 11000 then we're going to have to go visit that 92, 9300, 9100 area that we discussed last night. By the way, looking at the weekly chart and why it found overhead resistance where it did, meaning up here around that 14,000 area, again, traders that have taken the course can look at this chart, they know what to do, and they can figure out exactly why that happened, and they could have known that number before price got to that number. Could be used as an exit strategy for those traders that were long Bitcoin at the time. There's all kinds of uses for the stuff that we learn every single day. The financials. The financials were up today. Is there any worry out there when the financials are up? Do we have a huge concern if the financials are not melting away? And we know the answer. The answer is no, we don't. So the financials were up today. The XLF, I should say, was up today. It's the same story as all the other markets. It's grinding higher. Look what happened once we busted through 2747. This is like a soap opera. It unfolds a little bit at a time. You get to see this entire thing play out like a movie. If you go back a few weeks ago, what were we doing? We were doing this in the XLF. We were discussing what the important area was or the important number was that it had to get above. How is it going to get above there? It either has to fight its way through, it has to beat its way through the number, 
or it does a gap and go, and that's what happened. We had a gap and go in the XLF, and here we are up over 28. Just real quick, going over to a 120-minute chart. There's something very interesting on the 120-minute chart. Traders that have taken the course, take a look. You'll see test of the lower end of the range, a reversal. The market puts in essentially a bull flag pattern and begins to break to the upside. That's what's happening. Here's an hourly chart. Here's that same reversal candle. The rest is history. Now let's put on the brakes for a second with all this bullish discussion. I know what some of you are saying. Boy, everything is bullish. What happened to the downside? Same story that we discuss every single night. Until and unless we see the sign and signal of a trend change, there is no downside. We need a market reversal if we're going to have any downside and we haven't seen a bona fide market reversal. We discuss it all the time. The market has a destination, it's heading to the destination. Is it the destination that we discussed in the SPY? We're going to find out rather quickly about the SMH, which is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Anything going on here? Any bullish or bearish behavior here? Well, it's not bearish. We're above all the moving averages. We had the makings and still do the makings of a lower high. So here's a high. Here's a lower high. However, we may be putting in a continued ABC or zigzag type of pattern. You can see that's basically what the SMH has been doing the entire way up. So when we see that, we know that until and unless we see a reversal, there's no reason for that pattern to stop until it does. I suppose it's like surfing. And the only reason I bring this up is because my daughter is taking surfing lessons. But here's the deal. You ride the wave until the wave breaks. You don't know exactly when or where it's going to break, but you ride the wave for as long as you can. Is the market any different from that aspect? Absolutely not. How about gold? Let's discuss gold tonight, but using the GLD. We've done this before. I want to show you something that we looked at a while ago. Those of you that have been around a while will remember this. Gold is on a breakout. Let me bring up a different chart to make the point. And it's obviously on a breakout. Everybody knows that. But the question is, is it finished or is it going to keep going? Well, let me show you what I see. There's your weekly chart. Where's this line coming from? We're going to uncover that in a second. So you can see what's going on here. It's breaking out. Doesn't have to happen all at once. It'll consolidate for a while. It'll pull back. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew will get hold of it. But here's what's really going on. There's your monthly chart. We've looked at this before. There's your breakout. We closed the month of June well above that trend line. We broke out. So now, if we come back down to test the trend line or just consolidate for a while above the trend line, it's going to be building energy to move higher once again. Coming back to test the top side of that trend line is also normal and common market behavior. Is it going to come down and test the trend line? Can't say it's impossible to know, but if you want to build a position in gold, you've got to be prepared for it to come down and test there. In terms of GLD, that comes in right around 128. There's a gap down there. When you look at the daily chart, it becomes apparent. Here's the daily chart. There's your trend line. There's the gap. I don't know if we'll come down there. You can see what's going on in terms of the trend. We may not come back to visit that gap 
for quite some time. It is possible. When you look at the futures chart, you have the same kind of psychological phenomenon that you have with S&P 3000. You have that going on to a lesser degree or a micro scale in gold with 1400. Those type of numbers just seem to be magnetic to the market for whatever the reason. A stock at 50 or 100 or 25, gold at 1400 or 1300, 1250, 1500. By themselves, those don't act as resistance or support for those reasons, but coupled with other reasons, from a technical perspective, those numbers tend to be magnetic on both the up and the downside. About crude oil, crude oil was powering forward. If you remember from a few weeks ago, we discussed getting above 54 was essential, and if that happened, we would see 59. That happened, we saw higher than 59, now we're above 60, where are they going? Well, after we hit 59 and 60, we had a pretty darn good pullback. Now, we've already surpassed the other highs. There has to be a bigger picture destination in mind. Currently, as far as I can see, 6150 give or take. Little more than a dollar or about a dollar higher in crude oil. That's a decent move. In futures terms, that's about a thousand dollars a contract. And I'm going to use this as an opportunity to pull the ripcord for the night. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.